This is Scott Becker with the Becker Private Equity and Business Podcast. Thrilled today to visit with Rick Cass. Uh, Rick is a partner at RSM, which is the leader in sort of mid-market private equity, diligence, deal, sell side, buy side, the whole, the whole, the whole caboodle. Uh, we always love talking to Rick. Gives us an update on what he's seeing in the private equity business, where the deal flow is picking up, what he sees, what to expect this year. Rick, let me ask you to take it away. What are you sort of seeing this year in private equity trends, and what do you expect? Yeah, Scott, I think I spent the last couple of weeks with a lot of our uh, private equity clients um, kind of trying to think through their 2024 plan and, you know, what what, what that might look like from, um, you know, our perspective of how we might help them. And, you know, what I'm taking away from a lot of those discussions, um, some common themes are, you know, 2023, it felt like there was an, a, an incredible amount of focus on making things more efficient within the portfolio holdings that they already have. You know, they were working on a lot of business optimization projects, a lot of um, kind of ensuring they had the right management teams, things of that nature. Um, I do sense a s small shift in the tone um, in 2024, looking towards more kind of traditional deal-making activities. And I think a lot of that obviously has to do with the optimism related to um, interest rate uh, reductions, perhaps in the middle of the year. So I do think there are some funds out there really thinking this might be an opportunity for them to execute some of the plans that they have in terms of growth and strategy there. But still some cautious optimism that their interest rate cuts won't be quite as impactful um, as maybe they would hope, but um, at least you know, a cut is a cut, right? I mean, I think there is hope there that that will kind of be a signal to private equity investors and private equity funds that, um, you know, a deal environment could be more um, opportunistic than it was in in 2023, uh, simply because of that one, one factor. Um, but that, I think that's maybe the biggest, uh, you know, takeaway that I had in the last couple of weeks meeting with our clients. But I think the other um, interesting thing that, you know, I always tends to, you know, increase in uh, volume of dialogue is discussion related to election. You know, obviously 2024 will be a big year for an election. Um, we have a president election, other elections that are important. Um, so, um, you know, we'll continue to kind of watch that and see how that impacts um, decisions related to uh, buying and selling of portfolio companies. No, that's a fascinating set of subjects. We won't ask you for predict prediction on the presidential race, nor who you favor, but what a mess if it ends up being a Biden-Trump president election again. What a mess. In terms of interest rates, I, I, I follow you exactly. Like Just even a slight downtick would be directionally extremely positive from the enthusiasm of the deal market perspective, and also probably from a valuation perspective, as debt becomes more affordable, that, that hopefully should, again, sort of move multiples back in the right direction. It won't happen on a quarter, 25 basis points. But if people start seeing that direction, it should start to have some impact on what people are looking at and the excitement for deals, I think. Yeah, I would completely agree that, um, you know, sometimes, you know, good news, um, you know, from that perspective might have multiples of effect, right? Like it could, like to your point, impact multiples, it can impact deal flow, it could impact optimism. And obviously we all know, um, it's no secret, there's a lot of dry powder in the environment today. So, you know, if if you 
kind of put that those those pieces of fuel together and it all hits the fire at the right time and there's a lot of money to be spent um perhaps we'll see some um activity that we are uh hoping to see no exactly any other tidbits or things that you're hearing currently about deal flow about different sectors any other thoughts that you're hearing yeah i mean our economy, the United, United States economy, you know, the way that our economist team really looks at it, looks at it from a perspective that, you know, we're a services-based economy. Uh, we're highly fueled and by consumers and, and their spending habits. And, you know, if you continue to look at the trends related to inflation, um, you continue to look at how the stock market is performing. You continue to look at unemployment, where it's at. You know, from all accounts, the the economy is is doing very well. Um, you know, stock market's hitting all time highs. Interest rate or inflation's you know kind of easing to a point where it's a little bit more acceptable from a long term perspective. And consumer sentiment seems to be continuing to be fairly strong, and consumer spending continues to be fairly strong. Um, now, a lot of that is impacted by certain demographics, you know, the higher end, uh, higher quartile of, of income earners spend more money than lower income earners. So that obviously impacts kind of the overall environment. But as we continue to watch how consumers spend money and continue to fuel the economy, and if inflation can stay where it's at and the job market can stay as strong as it is, you know, one would think at some point, you know, the Fed will continue to look at that and think, well, you know, perhaps these are all good signals for us to continue to perhaps move the interest rate in a direction that would be that, you know, real strong indicator to the private equity investors that we work with to, to continue their deal flow activity. No, it's absolutely fascinating, really. And and I guess the, the thing that's not spoken about is that, you know, Jamie Dimon talked about this debt cliff issue, and I think he's right on. At some point, the debt that we have in the country becomes really prohibitive and can be one of the great uncertainties that can cause uh, the economy to look artificially good. I mean, China certainly is dealing with that issue themselves. So that's the one caveat I put on a lot of the positive notes about the economy. Uh, but no, I, I think Rick, I couldn't agree with you more on so many of the stats you mentioned and sort of the enthusiasm for deals if interest rates start to, to pull down a little bit and inflation continues to be under control. Yeah, the debt, the debt environment could be a, a big challenge, as you mentioned. I mean, if you think about kind of a lot of the a lot of debt agreements were executed in 2020, 2021, 2022, interest rates in that time frame were very low. And, you know, if they're, you know, kind of some of the traditional um, terms that we see where they have a five-year reset, you know, five years from now, uh, or five years from then isn't that far from now, I, I should say. So, you know, when that happens, um, when we start resetting some of those terms, you know, if it isn't in the right time for the business's cycle, it could be very difficult for some of those companies to figure out, you know, what the next stage for um, their debt load looks like, and you know, can they afford the new terms that they're looking at? A hundred percent. You know, Rick, I want to thank you for joining us today again on the Becker Private Equity Business Podcast. Always helpful. I mean, sort of like we'll see some shades of positive enthusiasm, but still some some way to go to see the the, the deal environment really to kick into high gear. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today on the Becker Private Equity Business Podcast. Thanks for having me, Scott.